0: So I sit here in the depths of darkness, alone on a beach, free to think my own thoughts with no worry of judgment. I sit and I stare, everything out there, but nothing to be seen. My senses fail me, the nothing that has always been, infinite but bounded, always and for never, something not grounded, eternal in its endeavour. What is this peace, a serene contentment? I see all and the nothing and nothing of it all. In and out I fall, into the nothing and out of it all. Disoriented I find myself losing my mind, losing this peace I had just attained. As I'm lost in this bind, the labyrinth of this mind, peace has everywhere to hide. Ah, but I remember this secret, it can no longer hide, as I simply remind myself, it's all just a ride. Hello and welcome to the Idea Find Podcast, I'm your host Zach Swope. And uh, that was a poem of myself that I wrote my junior year of college. Um, I read that here just to remind everyone not to take life so seriously. Uh, It's all just a ride. We're just carrying our consciousness in this body, through this life, in an infinite universe that we are just a speck within. And yet, we carry the entire universe in our own heads, in our own consciousness. That's how we process it. So, you know, when life feels too scary, just remember, uh, and overwhelming, uh, just remember that uh, it's it's not so bad. It's not uh, that big. And when life feels the opposite, and it feels small and insignificant, Just remember that you're an eternal being, uh, stuck in this lifetime, for now. Or whatever you believe. A mixture of both, neither. Whatever you want. That's the beauty of living your own life. You can make it whatever you want. Anyway, let's get into it. Enough of this metaphysical nonsense. So, today we are talking about sustainable future tech and spec. Spec being speculation, because as much as I'm going to try to stick to facts, uh, you know, there's going to be some speculation here. We're going to go into some weird stuff. Uh, so, yeah, let's go. Um, I'm going to start by running through some ideas that I've had for sustainable tech. Um, I spent a lot of time pondering just, uh, the energy quote unquote crisis. I don't think it's much of a crisis, but, uh, you know, I just like to ponder ways to make energy in a more sustainable way, in a greener way without burning stuff and lighting things on fire like we humans tend to do to, uh, fuel our need for more. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been pondering this since, like, high school for no reason. Um, I feel like my mind just kind of generally happens towards engineering. It's kind of why I didn't go to college for engineering. I thought chemistry would be more useful because I kind of just naturally tend towards in- engineering. So I can always do that research in my own time. Chemistry seemed harder. And uh, a lot of the ideas here um, probably require materials that don't exist yet or just on the verge of existing. So uh, that was another reason I went to college for chemistry, so that I could uh, perhaps be able to create some of these materials myself. Anyway, let's get into it. So... uh, one of my previous podcasts, I had mentioned a shoe generator. Seems ridiculous, but, uh, you know, innocent enough. I was in high school. I was like, why can't we just harness the energy of us walking around for something useful? Thus, the shoe generator was born. And uh, this is an idea that I've seen. I still have not found the group that had, uh, I guess gotten funding for this idea. I'm not sure if they've patented it yet or not, but uh, it is out there somewhere in the future. Someone is walking around with a shoe that charges their phone. So that was idea one. That's kind of where it all started. Maybe not the first I but the first one I wrote down. Um, this next one is an idea that I actually took to an incubator. Um... You know, they have those, uh, what was it? Invent Help, I think, something like that. Turned out to be a joke. Uh, they make you pay like 10 grand up front to do all the research and marketing and stuff for you. So I didn't follow through with it. But, uh, this idea was a door hinge generator. So, you know, uh, it would essentially be a door, including a frame where the frame of the door had little uh, airtight plungers, more or less. And as you would open and close the door, it would use that air pressure to spin a turbine, spinning a coil, and uh, producing electricity. And that would just tap into your home's electrical system and uh, either power things directly or... Go to a battery. Um, Yeah, most of these ideas tend to involve some kind of home battery. Some of them are home batteries, but uh, I like to ponder ideas that involve modular designs. I don't necessarily like the lack of robustness of today's energy grid. I feel like having few centralized places that produce a bunch of electricity and send it out to places, just that energy transmission is not very efficient. We don't have superconductors yet. It's not worth it. I mean, it is for now, but I think much more robust energy grid would involve modular systems where homes and businesses and whatnot are at least storing their own electricity for you know whatever amount of time capacity allows but uh, eventually producing their own electricity as well um so yeah i really like modular designs easy to work on stuff like that so uh next one kind of uh, in addition to that door generator kind of uh, could be used in unison a lot of these build on each other too you'll notice there's kind of a trend they all build on each other um I don't know how many of you have ever seen the concept of a Tesla valve or a Tesla turbine um, essentially a turbine that works from the friction of a fluid on a disc. so there's this thing called the boundary layer effect where like if you have a spinning flat surface, the molecules that are the air molecules that are right next to that surface, tend to have friction with it. So they get pulled around, so there's like an air friction. So Tesla turbine is a bunch of flat disks stacked on top of each other. Then you have an airflow that is parallel to them. And this airflow drags the disks using that boundary layer effect and uh, spins them with a pretty high efficiency. Honestly, um, I'm very interested in this one. Back in the day when Tesla himself was testing this, it was limited by the material they used for the discs. It would actually spin so fast that it would stretch the material, eventually destroying itself. Um, So with new carbon fiber techniques and stuff like that, I feel like... uh, You know, a Tesla Turbine 2.0 is about due, um, particularly with the way that certain car companies are using uh, carbon fiber. um, Kind of doing this layering pattern where they're continuously turning the fibers, so you have essentially fibers going in all directions, apparently can create some very incredibly hard materials So I think that in conjunction with this uh, Tesla turbine design, might be able to squeeze some more efficiency out of it without tearing itself apart. Um, And then, you know, that could be used in that door generator or a couple other ideas I have here. Um, Essentially just using air pressure of, you know, different uh, generation pathways to spin these turbines. Anyway, let's let's move to the next one. This one I really like. A home inertial battery. So I don't know if any of you know about inertial batteries or uh, otherwise called flywheels. Um, flywheels with large mass can actually be used to power very powerful things. Um, if you do the right calculations, you can essentially build yourself a battery out of a big spinning cylinder of something heavy, say steel, that is milled to incredibly high precision to be very balanced, um, and then essentially you would have various things that are spinning this, whether it be solar. Um, cells that are just constantly winding it up. Um, you do need a vacuum chamber. There is a company out there doing this, actually. Um, so you have a big steel cylinder in a vacuum chamber then um, just spins it up, and then whenever you need to use the electricity or use the energy of it, um, you engage a coil around a uh, magnet, uh, Essentially a magnetic flywheel that is connected to the big flywheel. And then you're, uh, you have yourself a little electric motor there, or electric generator. You know, electric motors and generators are essentially the same thing, just run in reverse of each other. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. I really like that one because there's a lot of ways that you could power it. Essentially, you could use a windmill connected to a gear drive or a belt drive to allow for some slippage so you don't tear it apart. Um, But yeah, these are actually used, and why I think they're viable. Um, A lot of people might think that, well, how much electricity can you get from a spinning mass? It can't be that much. Well, there's actually a lot of universities that power their particle accelerators this way. They have a bunch of spinning masses that they just charge up for a long time. And uh, whenever they need to accelerate a particle beam, they use electricity from these big masses. Because cyclotrons require an enormous amount of electricity. So they don't, you can't tap the grid for that all at once. So uh, they actually uh, just spend days charging up these big spinning masses. And then uh, whenever they need to use it, they take it from there. And that, you know, it just slows those masses down until they're tapped for their energy and then spend like another couple days spinning them up. So yeah, a home-sized one of those buried under your house or in your basement or something like that. I think that's a, that's a good one. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, similar but different home gravity generator not gravity power generator more or less so instead of having a spinning mass you have a mass that is you know tuned to your household needs it would be the size and the height that you would need um so essentially instead of taking that spinning mass you take a mass and you lift it up um I don't see this being used as like a an outdoor, like above ground thing. But if you can have it buried under your home, to where you have like this essentially a well, and then a, a big mass that's you know has a bunch of uh, gear reduction and such, essentially the same thing. So you would have systems that lift this mass up, whether it be solar, wind. Um, There's various other ones that you could use. Um, I actually had an interesting idea of using like a very, it would be very subtle. I don't think it would be, it would have to be used in conjunction with other things, but if you could have your steps in your house just hinged ever so slightly so that when you took a step, it would essentially be like a rack and pinion kind of, but it disengaged. So you could just lift it ever so slightly with every time that you took a step up and down your steps. It would essentially like just crank up this mass just a little bit with every step that you take. Weird idea. It would only work marginally, but uh, in conjunction with a couple other systems, it might be worth it. Who knows? Um, so yeah, home gravity power generator just lifting something up and letting it fall and collecting the energy via gear reduction. Same thing using a uh, just electric generator, electric motor. Um, All right, next one, solar concentrator. So essentially a big lens that concentrates solar rays, kind of like a, you know, magnifying glass but this could be used in a bunch of ways whether it be to power things directly say a stovetop or a grill top something you know you need something hot maybe your water heater concentrated on a bulk tank of water if you live in somewhere that gets really hot and has a lot of sun you might even be able to power a steam generator with something like this concentrating the sun's rays onto... I mean, you might be able to split it and do all of the above. I don't know. Um, This kind of thing can also be leveraged for industry, too. Um, There's actually a company doing this. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but uh, essentially they are leveraging the solar rays to perform uh, synthesis of different chemicals and stuff so um you know you could use it to melt steel or you know depending on where you're at this would be more useful down in places that are of desert climate and stuff but uh no the smaller that you can Focus those rays, the hotter it's going to get, and you can achieve some pretty incredible temperatures doing stuff like that. I mean, there are people that are making glass out of sand using just solar rays concentrated, so a lot of uh, potential there. Another one that I had that I haven't seen anyone use, it would be fairly difficult to uh, produce, I think, but might be worth it. This would be a friction generator. Essentially, like, you could power stuff, charge your battery, your home battery, using a carpet that is made of, I mean, optimally, I think it would work best with, like, carbon nanotubes on some kind of nanoparticle, and then, as you would move, it would generate friction on a lattice that's underneath the carpet itself. Um... But you might be able to make it with just static, to be honest. Like using materials that it's already made of, and just being able to collect the static. That's one that new material is going to have to be uh, created for. Still pondering that one. So we'll move on. Um, acoustic slash wall vibrating generators. So if you live in a place that is very noisy. Um, there's potential there to collect those sound waves. Doesn't sound like much, but there are places that are doing this, Um, particularly roadways and stuff. uh, They're kind of using the wind as well as the sound to uh, harness. Um, So, you know, the wind kind of uh, will push against this membrane As along with the sound waves. And, uh, you know, this over a large enough area, you end up getting some decent movement. Um, I think these are currently being uh, created with a membrane that actually uh, gives off charge as it stretches. So, like, you stretch it, and it becomes a charged sheet, and then it goes back to normal shape, and it discharges that charge. So... It going back and forth that way can uh, generate some current. Um, not sure how much that can uh, like I said. It would be very dependent on the surface area. You'd have to cover your whole house in this, but uh, you know maybe maybe glass windows will be able to do that one day. Who knows? Um, this one I really like. I'm gonna skip a couple here. I don't want to give all my ideas away. Uh, a supercapacitor balloon bank for lightning slash cosmic ray energy storage. This one comes off an idea that I had in college of a lightning generator, like being able to being able to harness lightning for electricity. Um, the biggest issue with I was actually I presented this in like you know one of those uh, poster sessions. They have, like, a science fair type thing. Everyone else was doing, like, this chemical synthesis of this and characterization, and I was sitting there with, like, a, a crazy hand-drawn, not hand-drawn, I did it half-decent on, like, AutoCAD and whatnot, but a a lightning-powered steam generator. People thought I was crazy, but I think it's possible. Anyway, this is kind of a, a different version of that. Um, collecting it directly so essentially you would have a large array of supercapacitors that are branched off in parallel and series like crazy like essentially picture like tree with branches but upside down so you'd have the rod that the lightning strikes and then the current would instantaneously be broken up into i mean you'd probably need thousands of branches of supercapacitors and maybe regular capacitors to act as a buffer to actually like harness the amount of voltage and amperage going through it. Because the biggest problem is that it's just so much energy in such a small period of time that it usually just melts anything that it hits or just lights it on fire if it's not conductive. So if you were able to break that current up very quickly, you might be able to harness it. Or you're just creating a very large, uh, maybe explosion. I don't know. I don't know what happens when you push a bunch of electrons into things that can't handle it. Heat is usually the option, but depends on what material you make it out of. Anyway, it's a possibility. Who knows? You might be able to. Uh, capture cosmic rays that way, though. I think it would work for that. Uh, That's... I don't want to go too much into that. Yeah, a lot to cover here in a little bit. Um, Ooh, I like this one. This one, I think, should be implemented somewhere, just as a uh, proof of concept. So this is a roadway-powered water pumping system. So imagine... Semi-flexible tubes of water under highways, so as cars drive by or over it, squishes the tube, and that compression layer is pushed by you driving on your car. So kind of, you know how these like you imagine like your digestive system working, where you have like these muscles that contract and put push food down or whatever. You know, essentially that. But in a roadway. So you have these pressurized fronts from all the cars driving in one direction, which is pushing water in that direction. And then you can either use it directly, just have branches off to your house and then some kind of regulator, or you use that to pump it up into a water tower. And then, uh, you know, it's essentially not a passive way, but a way to Uh, harvest the energy of traffic to pump water up. And if you really wanted to, you could then use that water to power a hydroelectric generator. I don't know. I think this one's worth trying. You might have an issue with the flexibility of the tubes and the, the roadway, but, you know, I don't think you need a lot of give in these if you have enough or big enough tubes, like water pipes that are semi-flexible. I don't know. Interesting thought. I'd like to give it a shot. Um, another one that I've thought about recently is uh, biological doping of like trees and stuff using a carbon nanotube, carbon fiber. Um, maybe that material, like I mentioned earlier with the acoustic generator, where as trees sway, you have this, uh, you know, maybe there's cellulose. Like if you can grow it into the cellulose of the tree, you can harness the energy of trees swaying in the breeze. I don't know. That's a far fetched one, but uh, I think it's possible. Um, yeah, so those are a couple ideas. Uh, hopefully someone out there maybe hears this one day and is like, hey, I'll fund that. Um, if not, you know, this is me putting it out to the universe. Someone can take that and run with it. I don't care. If I were to see some of these ideas in the future, uh, that would be sweet. Um... Now on to the interesting stuff. So I do a lot of research into like high energy physics and whatnot, just because I get bored and I don't know. It entertains me for whatever reason. Um, a while back in my research on this, uh, you know, I tend to look into gravity a lot, and uh, I stumbled across some patents. Uh, Some of you may have heard about these. Some may not. I would say I stumbled on them pretty early into their inception. Um, Generally, they're known as the UFO patents, but uh, they're not really UFOs. But some of the technology that they could be used for uh, might lead you in that direction. So these are, I'm referring to, a series of patents by Dr. Salvatore Cesar Paez. He is an aerospace engineer at the Naval Air Warfare Center, the Aircraft Division. Uh, Dr. Paez has a couple of patents that are uh, under review. Some of them, I think, are approved at this point. Um. But they are actual filed patents through the Navy of some pretty f- intense, uh, devices here. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you have followed the Pentagon's release of, like, uh, UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena and stuff, so, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too speculative here uh, or conspiratorial, but, um, you know, I think there are levels of energy that we just don't understand in this universe. I mean, if you think about it, I think it's something like 84% of the universe is made of dark energy and dark matter, which we know basically nothing about. Um, There's a lot of this universe that we don't understand, so take it with a grain of salt. The first, okay, so essentially these all come from this effect that Dr. Paez has uh, theorized. And that effect is this, called the Paez effect. He says that controlling accelerated spin or vibration of electrically charged matter can produce high-energy electromagnetic fields. Uh, That might sound like a bunch of nonsense to most of you, but essentially spinning or vibrating electrically charged matter real fast can produce high energy fields um, on the electromagnetic spectrum. That ranging from essentially gravitational waves on one end, radio waves, all the way up to x-rays, gamma rays, and beyond. So, you know, you have your whole wavelength chart. You have visible light is just a little section of it, and then microwaves, all that jazz, you know, from, like, high school physics. Well, one of his ideas actually got peer-reviewed and published in November 2019. It was uh, published in a journal the November edition of the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers Transactions on Plasma Science, the IEEE TPS. It's the acronym. You can look it up. They're a legit institute studying plasma science. They accepted his paper published based around his patent of a plasma compression fusion device. Um, I'm not sure how many of you have uh, explored the uh, nuclear fusion space, but essentially, okay, let's start at nuclear fission. So that's separating atoms. That's what we do in nuclear power plants, right? We break down, I think it's uranium or plutonium, depends on what kind of what generation of nuclear power you're looking at. Um, So that's breaking apart atoms and harvesting the energy as heat and creating a steam generator. I mean, it's really rudimentary, the fact that it's still a steam generator, but essentially you're using the heat from fission to produce steam run a generator. Well, fusion is kind of like the holy grail of energy production. It's basically what powers our stars. Um, The sun is fusing hydrogen into helium and other nuclei and releasing a ton of heat. So there are some projects in schools. Uh, One version is uh, pretty popular called the Tokamak um, generator. So essentially they're creating super hot hydrogen, spinning it real fast and controlling it with big magnets And uh, essentially, when you start to get these hydrogen atoms to fuse into helium, they release way more energy than is put in. The problem with our ones now are versions of this machine. I mean, literally, this is like the Tony Stark like little Iron Man generator. That's essentially what this guy is creating. Um, The versions now... Get too hot and they tend to melt themselves. Or, uh, you know, there's danger of like runaway reactions um, where the magnets fail and you end up losing your plasma. Stuff like that. It can be catastrophic, but that's why we've only ever turned them on for a couple seconds at a time. Um, So his device is a small device. He doesn't really reference what size, but it could be. you know, housed within a building of industrial size, whatever that means. Um, so using this pious effect, he is essentially creating a fusion device that is small enough to be portable. Uh, the fact that this was accepted, now this doesn't mean that they've built one and it's proven, um, although there is rumor out there that one of his devices has been created and is operable. Um, speculation. I haven't seen it yet. There's no videos. So I don't know. But the fact that this paper has been accepted and peer-reviewed into a journal kind of gives a little credibility to this. Um... Another uh, version, another device that takes this pi as effect and utilizes it for something, is an electromagnetic field generator. So essentially, think of just energy force fields, essentially. With high enough energy, um, I hate to use this term, but he uses it like essentially like being able to control the fabric of the universe, like on any scale. Maybe not any scale, but like way bigger scale than we can with current technology. So essentially like creating any kind of geometry of electromagnetic field at a vast Range of uh, energy levels, let's say. So, you know, you want to create a super intense magnetic field. Essentially, this machine can do that. Super intense electric field, that too. Um, we already have some things that can do that on a smaller scale, like, you know, generating an electromagnetic field isn't super difficult. But on high, very high energies, uh, yeah, it can get pretty difficult. Um, Another invention in this uh, list of patents is an inertial mass reduction device. Now, this one is really interesting, Um, if this were true. uh, And I think this is one that's still under review. But still think, like, the Navy is actually putting a patent out there for this to be reviewed. That in itself at least has some credibility. Now I will say, I will, total disclaimer, there was a project uh, that I've read about in the past where the U.S. has claimed to have technologies that they really didn't to lead other countries into wasting a bunch of time and energy into trying to copy them. So uh, keep that in mind. Totally possible. But the fact that that one was accepted by a journal gives a little more credibility to this guy. Inertial mass reduction device. Essentially, this is um, the device that would allow the motion of those crafts in the Pentagon videos possible being able to control the gravitational field around an object so that it doesn't feel inertia. A lot of these are based on Einstein's theory of relativity and special relativity, Relativity. so going into the science of it is very difficult. If you look into the patents, it is very uh pchem quantum physics heavy if you've taken pchem you can recognize some of the equations in there um you know they're solving for wave functions and stuff using the hamiltonian schrodinger's equations but it is way deeper than anything i've ever covered um so yeah that's an interesting one and I will, I have a list of US patent numbers here I'll give you at the end that uh, you can look this stuff up and see for yourself. Uh, one of my hobbies is uh, just going through Google patents and seeing what's out there, and that's kind of how I stumbled upon these. Um, next one high temperature superconductor. That one um, is useful when it comes to sustainable energy. I don't know how many of you have heard about superconductors, but essentially they can conduct electricity with zero resistance. So it would solve that problem earlier of energy transmission. Essentially, there would be, you know, we lose energy from, you know, power stations. You have a nuclear power plant, you have to push, you have to physically push that electricity through wires to people's house. We don't have wires that are frictionless or resistanceless, So you end up, you know, the further you have to push it, the more energy loss there is. So you have to, you know, essentially you're losing some percentage of the electricity created just to push it there. Superconductors would essentially eliminate that. It would allow for a lot of other things. Um, I don't want to go too much into it right now because that could be a topic in itself. But superconductors at room temperature is like another holy grail of sustainable energy. Essentially, as a device, that can do that. In my opinion, if any of these uh, patents were accepted and are operable right now, it's probably that one. Um another weird one that kind of goes with the inertial mass reduction device is a high frequency gravitational wave generator. Um Yeah, I'm I'm speechless on this one. Being able to create gravitational waves um essentially means being able to create gravity or defy gravity if you flip it around and, you know, make it negative. So, uh, one claim of this gravitational wave generator is that you can create artificial bubbles of gravity around things so that essentially it doesn't feel the gravity of other things. Um, I'm going to leave it at that and I should look into that one. Uh, That one scares me a little bit. Uh, But uh, at the same time, I hope that it is real. I hope that these things uh, do exist. And I hope other people figure them out too, so they can be used for better things other than, like, a war. Um, But, you know, that's how we get some of our technologies, or a lot of it actually starts as devices of war, and then eventually the public figure it out, and use it for better things. So let's hope that that's what happens. That's what I would like to do. I would like to take some of these ideas and use them for good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day. They seem expensive. Um, but alright. So, uh, there are also two other patents that I found that uh well three two pertaining to this uh genre of patent these are all the way back from 1968 these were approved patents so they did exist um they have already expired so this information is out there for free people can build these it's not under patent anymore um I forget who. Um, I think he was another aerospace engineer for a different company or a different department. Um, but this guy has two patents from 1968. One is method and apparatus for generation for generating a secondary gravitational force field. Um, similar to that high-frequency gravitational wave generator, um, essentially being able to create gravity fields in 1968. Makes you wonder how far it's come. The other one, similar, um, method and apparatus for generating a dynamic force field, um, that one's actually a pretty, not simple device, but uh, that one I can read and understand to some degree. Essentially, there's some weird coupling going on of, elect uh, I don't want to go too much into particle spin, but essentially it's coupling half-integer spin particles and being able to generate a non-electromagnetic force from it. So like, a force that can do work and move stuff from the coupling of magnetic spin—not magnetic, but spin particles. If you've taken Pkem, I mean, you can look at it. If not, um, still take a look at it. Uh, it's it's written pretty, pretty uh, not math heavy. So it's at least if you're willing to do some research and Google some things, you can uh, piece it together. But again, 1968. That's more than 50 years ago? How far has that technology come? I don't know. That freaks me out. Another one, this one's just a bonus. I actually found it today when I was going back over some of this stuff is a uh, Boeing has a freeform spatial 3D printing using levitation patent. So they're essentially 3D printing things while levitating them. I'm sure that's useful in a lot of places. I don't know where yet, but that's a relatively new one. I think that was uh, granted in like 2020 or something like that. So, uh, that's interesting. Um All right. That's all I'm going to throw out at this one. Uh, we've gotten weird enough, I think. Uh, let me give you the, uh, the patent numbers here real quick in case you do want to reference them. Uh, I'm just going to say them. Um, you can rewind and write them down if you need to. Uh, patent for... This is from Dr. Paez. Craft using inertial mass reduction device. That's US two zero one seven zero three one three four four six A one. If you want to look that one up, feel free. Um, high temp superconductor US two zero one nine zero three four eight five nine seven A one. And last but not least, high-frequency gravitational wave generator, us 103 b 2 So if you just type those numbers into Google Patent, you can look it up, see for yourself. There's some crazy things out there that very few people know exist that could totally change the world for the better. So that's that. Uh, you know if you want to hear more about stuff like this this is basically what i do in my free time i love to look this stuff up and ponder it and uh you know try to use this technology theoretically from my own devices Uh, i would love to build something using some of these things eventually Uh, some of those ideas that i listed prior that i have written down in my notebooks uh If anyone wants to team up to build some of this stuff and uh, prototype it, please let me know. I don't really have the space to do so, but I have some of the tools and a lot of the know-how. But yeah. So uh, the takeaway from this, I think, is that our future is built by us now. Our actions that we take today dictate the future. Uh, We can either have hope For a better future, or we'll be lost to the chaos of time. You know, there are ways out of this bleak looking future that, you know, is portrayed by people in fear. There's a lot of things out there to hope for, a lot of progress being made by very smart and very well intentioned people. They just don't get on the news as much, uh, but I'd like to change that. I want to bring some hopeful news and information to you through this podcast, and uh, hopefully, create it too. You know, I'm I'm excited to where this can go. Uh, I choose hope. I guess you could say. Uh, I mean, that's really the only reason to keep moving forward. If you don't have hope, why move forward? Let's have hope. Let's maintain hope. You know what helps doing, or helps maintaining hope, maintaining a bright attitude towards life, is practicing gratitude. I uh, put a post on social media, some of you have seen it, When's the last time you told someone that you appreciate them? Let's take that to the next level, though. When's the last time you told someone that you disagree with or someone that you don't like that you appreciate them? Because, you know, uh, everything has an equal and opposite reaction. For all of the actions and beliefs that you have, someone believes the opposite. It's kind of necessary for each of them to exist. Just something to think about. Next time you see your neighborhood bully, tell them that you appreciate him, or her. You know, it'll throw them for a loop. Maybe it'll change their perspective, at least for the day. Maybe they'll punch you in the face, but at least you know that you did the right thing. (laughs) I don't recommend it, uh, unless you feel so inclined. It's kind of a thing that I do, you know. The unexpected really throws people off, throws them off balance, scrambles their brain. I think everyone needs that every once in a while. People get too stuck in their thought patterns. They need a jumpstart into something new. Anyway, just remember, we rise by lifting others. We can, uh, can... make this a hopeful place by by sharing the light within. Uh yeah, so practice gratitude, tell people you love them. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Those that are still here, still uh dealing with it, hopefully this one uh was interesting or weird enough to uh captivate you for a little bit. There will certainly be more to come scheduling interviews. I'm finally starting to put some work on that. We'll have some people on soon. Uh, might even branch out into a second podcast with uh, a couple of my good friends. I'll certainly let you know. But uh, again, thanks for listening to the Idea Fine podcast, and uh, I will talk to you next time.